This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. So again, the scripture reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 14. Oh, 1 Corinthians? Oh, okay. Sorry. 1 Corinthians. I'm hopeful this is the right one that they printed up for me. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. Good morning. So um, every time I get up here, I feel like I have to make this short joke, okay? Because the reality is that I am the smallest person on staff, okay? And when I get up here to speak, I literally feel like I am at the big people table. Now, if we could, what I would do is I would have them kind of uh, connect some hydraulics to this so that we can actually just make it go up and down. It would be really, that would work out really, really well for me. But um, anyway, I will sit at the big kid table this morning, or the big people table this morning. But um, for those of you who don't know who I am, um, my name is Erica, and I'm the pastor of Discipleship and Mission um, here at Community Covenant. And... um, I would like to take just a couple of minutes for us to pray for the team that is um, in Mexico this morning. Um, I just feel like this would be uh, a good time. We are all gathered together, and there is just a tremendous amount of uh, power in corporate prayer. Um, There are a team of 13 people that are worshiping together um, with our brothers and sisters in Mexico this morning. So if we can just uh, bow our heads and just pray. pray really quickly for them. So Father, um, thank you for the way that you unite us as brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And this morning we pray for the team, uh, 13, that is in Mexico. Father, we also pray for our brothers and sisters uh, that they are worshiping with this morning. Father, we pray that you would be present with them just as you are present with us, that your spirit would unite our hearts and their hearts together in oneness, that we would be able to know you, to acknowledge you as Lord, that you would be the center of everything that happens here and there, this morning and throughout this day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I wanted to start off by telling you guys a story. About 12, 13 years ago, um, my uh, family was stationed at Anderson Air Force Base in Guam. And we were um, very, very close to Australia. And so we decided that we wanted to take advantage of the opportunity to take a trip to Australia. And so uh, friends of ours, uh, neighbors who had two children that were the same age as ours, we decided we were going to take this group trip together. So we did all of this planning, and we read all of these tour books, we made all of these uh, plans, and we were going to try and conquer the continent, okay? Okay. So, mind you, I had, we were traveling with four toddlers, okay? But we had decided that we were going to go from the, the coast, so the Great Barrier Reef, and we were going to hang out there, and then we were going to drive to the outback, we were going to do some outback adventures, and then we were going to drive back, we were doing this great thing. We had all these things perfectly planned. Until we got to Australia, okay? We got there... And we started to realize, and I am not, this is not an overstatement, but everything on that continent wants to kill you. Okay? I'm not kidding. The first time we went to the beach, this was what we were greeted with. For your safety, there might be crocodiles in the water, there might be giant jellyfish in the water, and there might be sharks. Now, remind you again, four toddlers. We're traveling with four small children. We're standing there, we're like, what do we do? I mean, how do we do this? But we thought, okay, we've got it, we'll be fine. So we got in our cars, we drove on our outback trip. And when you're traveling with small children, those of you who have small children, I don't know of those of you who have been small children, if you remember this, but pretty much... Having to go to the bathroom all the time is just a thing with little kids. So we're out in the outback taking a tour of these lava tubes. And those of you who don't know lava tubes, they're basically the giant caves that are left after a volcano explodes. So we are traversing in the outback with a tour guide, and all four of the kids decide they have to go to the bathroom all at the same time. Now, my husband, who is just an amazing dad, says, all right, I'll take the girls. So the two dads take the kids kind of and and wait as the rest of the group moves on. And, you know, they're all kind of taking care of their business. And all of a sudden, from the front of the tour group, 
the tour guide comes running to the very back and he's banging on the, he starts banging on the bushes with sticks and he goes, mate, mate, what are you doing? What are you doing? Put up drawers back on. You can't let them go to the party here. There's a death adder that is attracted to human urine and you'll get them bit. And of course, my husband is panicking. He's right, you know, he's trying to pull the drawers up and he's trying to, and, and he comes back and he's just like, oh my God, I, I almost got the girls killed. Apparently there's this adder that I had no idea about. And it's become this big family joke, right? Now, the family story. But as we think about it, as we talk about it now, what we realized was that as much as we prepared as many books as we read, as many things as we tried to do to get ready to go, that tour guide knew that place better than we did. He knew what to expect. He knew the dangers. He knew the good things, but he also knew the dangers. And as we've been going through this um, sermon series, and, and many of you are in small groups and you've been reading The Divine Mentor, there's this place where we realize we need guidance. We need someone who's been there. And so this morning, as we're finishing out this sermon series, the last chapter... It's called the University of the Holy Spirit. Now, as Tyler and I were chatting earlier this week about the sermon, the inevitable topic came up of, well, how do we talk about the Holy Spirit? I feel like in evangelical churches, especially it's very, that's a touchy subject. We like to talk about Jesus. We feel very comfortable talking about Jesus. We very, feel very comfortable talking about God the Father. But the Holy Spirit is a little bit like that uncle that nobody wants to talk about. You know, the one that sometimes shows up at Thanksgiving dinner and makes everybody kind of uncomfortable because we're not really sure what he might do. And so this morning, as we're looking at this last chapter, one of the things I felt like was really important to do was to just talk about who is the Holy Spirit. Because if we are not able to acknowledge that third person of the Trinity, it's going to be very, very difficult for us to learn. So who is the Holy Spirit? First and foremost, it's the third person of the Trinity. Every Sunday when, when a pastor stands up here and gives the blessing, how do they give the blessing? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. He is 
just as much as the Father is and Jesus is. When we go back to Genesis, okay, so Genesis 1, 2, right? So the second verse in the Bible begins with, now the earth was formless and empty. Dark, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He was there. And as you look throughout the Old Testament, the Spirit of God is there. The Spirit of God guided the Israelites through the wilderness. He was the pillar of fire by night. The very presence of God. He was there. When Nehemiah is building the wall, and he's talking about the ways in which God has been incredibly faithful He talks about the Spirit of God teaching the people. Isaiah, in chapter 54, says, promises, and Jesus actually references this later on. There is a promise that the people, that the children of his people will be taught by his spirit. The Holy Spirit is a constant. He is a constant presence. Now, like I said, he can be a very controversial figure, and people can get um, into these places where they want to talk about the power of the Spirit and the things. We're not going to talk about that. We're just ta- I'm simply trying to lay down the fact that you cannot ignore him. He is present. And he wants to mentor you. Now, I was trying to come up with a definition, a good kind of succinct way of describing the Holy Spirit. And sometimes when you do that, um, it's, it feels hard to kind of grasp exactly what you're trying to get at. So I went with one of my personal favorites, and that would be um, NT-rate. And I think that this is a beautiful definition of the Spirit. He says the Spirit is the strange, and I love that, strange personal presence of the living God himself, leading, guiding, warning, rebuking, grieving over our failings, and celebrating our small steps towards the true inheritance. is the presence of God. 
And as we've talked about different ways in which we can find mentorship in Scripture, we cannot find it. This is just another book if we don't have that him with us and a part of that. I would even dare say that this morning, the reason that every single one of you is here is because you have been in some way, shape, or form called by the Spirit of God. Whether that is something that has happened deeply, personally to you, and you've accepted Christ, and you desire to follow, or you're just sitting here and you're going, I I don't know what I think. I don't know what I believe. The presence of God, the strange, personal presence of God himself, is leading and guiding you. As we go back to Scripture, and in, as, as uh, Wayne Cadero talks about the different ways that we can be mentored by the people in the Bible, guess who mentored them? Guess who was with them? Who put the words in the mouths of the prophets? Who stirred the hearts of Israel? Who was it that those frightened disciples were waiting for in the upper room in the book of Acts? It was the Spirit and the presence of God himself. And because of the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have that presence with us. God is present with us. Paul talks about us being a temple of the Holy Spirit. When we go back to our passage and we look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. <laughs> it says, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? Who else knows what I'm thinking? Yeah, sometimes my husband thinks he knows what I'm thinking. Those of you husbands who think that, oftentimes that's probably, you're slightly off. I'm just giving a little marital advice there. So who knows God's thoughts? The Spirit of God. The presence of God. In the same way, way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And here, 
is what I would like for you to hear this morning. One of the things I would like for you to hear this morning, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. The spirit of God who was there from that formless time throughout the history of Israel that descended upon Christ at the point of his baptism. We have access to that presence to lead us, to guide us, to shape us, to form us, to transform us. Because in the end, the end game for Christ, the end game for God, the end game for all of us is that we are to be transformed into the image of Christ as we move forward in our lives, as we read scripture, transformation is the point. He does not want us to be the same. He wants to change who we are and to help to create in us, reshape us into his image. So, what do we need to do to learn from the Holy Spirit? How do we do that? I know that in some circles, there are lots of different ways of figuring out exactly how you would learn from the Holy Spirit. But one of the main, I'm going to give you a few this morning. One big one. And we've been talking about it for the last 10 weeks. Scripture. Scripture is God-breathed. Those words were inspired by the Spirit of God. That breath, that writing... That comes from the Holy Spirit. And as we sit and we read and we are, we're doing our soap, inviting the Holy Spirit to be a part of that. To say, not just how do I learn from the person, from the mentor that I've found, but Lord, teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Because I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like you. The other one is through prayer. Now, prayer comes in many different forms. But one of the things that I think that I don't do well and I'm guessing there's, I'm probably not alone in that, is um, I am really good at telling, talking, when I'm praying. All the things I need, all the things I want, all the things, you know, 
Oh, hey, God, and don't forget. No. Oh, hey, there's this person that needs. Oh, and by the way, oh, and. But prayer also needs to be a two-way conversation. And if we are looking to interact with the Spirit of God, we need to be open to listen. That means being quiet. That means being focused. That means not just lifting up all of the things I need and I want and I know about others' needs and others' wants and ways in which other people need a touch from God, but just simply listening. If you think about it, in a relationship, if you don't listen and you're just talking, how well does that go? Well, I feel like that now. I'm trying to listen. Nobody's saying anything. <laughs> if you're just doing all the talking, you don't get anything back. And sometimes I think that we miss. We miss what the Spirit has to say to us because we're too busy talking. There's a uh, group of ladies that meets on Tuesday morning, and uh, I got a treat of being invited to join them. And they practice uh, something uh, called Lectio Divina which is an ancient practice, and I know people get a little bit freaked out about that, okay? So it's an ancient practice of reading Scripture, but not reading it the way that we do when we read with our eyes and then we try to intellectualize what, what, what do we think this is. Let's take the words apart. Let's try to deconstruct. But it's more listening to what the Spirit has to say. And I was amazed as I was sitting there uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were reading a passage out of Luke. Mark. One of those guys, anyway. Um, <laughs> and in this practice, basically what you do is, is that it's a reading. You read through the, the passage multiple times. And you just sit with the words. And this group has disciplined themselves how to do that. Discipline themselves to quiet their minds and their hearts to listen to what it is that God is saying to them through the word. And there were some amazing things that were coming from that. Ways in which the Lord was speaking to each of them personally. But yet at the same time, everybody was sitting all together. And it was words. It was really, I mean, it was the same words. Same passage. But they were all being stirred by the Spirit of God, by the presence of God, because they were willing to be still and listen. 
So my encouragement to you is that if you are racing through scripture, if you're trying to come up with some intellectual understanding about that, take a step back and give the Spirit a chance to say something to you. You might be amazed at what it is. You might be blown away by the simplicity of what he has to say to you. The next one, and this is a big one, and this is not one I like, but it's key. If we are truly going to be mentored by the Spirit of God, And by mentored, that means being trained, right? Being taught, being shaped. We have to obey. And I don't know about any of you, but I don't always like to obey. (laughs) I don't, sometimes I just want to do what I want to do. But change, transformation, doesn't happen if we are unwilling to obey. Then all that that is, if we are told and we don't obey, all that we are doing is that that's an information exchange. It's the equivalent of us saying to a child, don't do that. And their response being, okay, and they do it anyway. A few weeks ago, Pastor Todd preached about the difference between um, when we do something out of wisdom and the difference between that and when we do something and we get regret. Obedience doesn't necessarily not have consequences to it. But when we obey, we are able to have that sense of this was guidance from God. This was wisdom, as our passage mentions. But if we are looking to be transformed, we have to obey the word. And the last one, and this is another one that I think is hard, especially because as I look around and I know a lot of you and I know your lives and I know what my life looks like, but I'm busy. I got lots of things going on. I have lots of external things going on, and probably five to ten times more internal things going on. The constant list of the things that I've got to do, I've got to get done, I didn't get done, oh, I forgot that, oh, I need to make sure, oh, I have that, oh. uh. And then I've got that device (laughs) that seems attached to my, sometimes it feels attached to my soul, whatever that, it's a, it, whatever smartphone brand you use, right? 
And so when I get overwhelmed with that, what I want to do is I just want to numb out. I just want to avoid it. I just want to binge on Netflix, right? I just want to read a dumb book. I want to do something that's going to shut me off. But more than anything else, in order to be able to experience the transformation and to experience what God is calling you into, what he calls us as his people into, is that we have to bring our presence to meet his presence. If I am unwilling to set aside my busyness, the chaos in my own brain, my five pending emails, my three words with friends turns that are I've got waiting. (laughs) All of the things that I have to do, if I'm not willing to set those things aside, to quiet myself and to be present, I'm going to miss it. All of us have relationships where we're we know how important it is to be present. If, in fact, if you're not present, you're, you're going to miss everything, right? Um, how many of you saw Chick-fil-A has this new thing now where they actually are offering family space to put aside their electronic devices so that they can sit and actually share meals together? What is that about? That's about being present, As we sit with scripture, and I don't really care what time of day you do it, but as we sit with the word of God, we need to be prepared to be present with God. And for some of us, that's going to be a tremendous discipline of quieting ourselves of giving ourselves space and permission. But the Spirit will meet you there. And he longs to say things to you. He longs to be able to shape you, to give you what it is that you need. And this morning, I want to end with this passage. This is Jesus' words to his disciples. And I don't know, um, I can make a guess. All of us have things going on, good things, bad things. The world is a crazy place, right? But when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, This was something that he said to his disciples. I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes as we finish. And I'm going to read this passage and then I'm going to pray. But I would like for you to take this in this morning. 
Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. All this was spoken while he was still with, well, I am still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Father, in this world, we have many troubles. And there are many things that make us nervous or anxious or afraid. But your promise to your disciples, your gift to us through the Spirit was your peace. The promise of your presence and peace. And so this morning, Lord, as your disciples, as your children, as the people who desperately need to know your peace, Lord, we receive that from you. We pray that you would pour that out into our lives and that we would understand what it means to follow you, to be like you, and to have your peace. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.